Turn please to Romans, the fourth chapter, and verse 19. Talking about Abraham, for the past uh, several weeks on Sunday morning, we've been talking about exceeding, growing faith. How our faith grows and develops. And uh, Abraham is held up to us as a prime example. We are the children of Abraham, and Abraham was and is a faith man. Faith man. He said, uh, talking about Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. You see insight into how you can keep from being weak in faith. It has to do with what you consider, what you look at. What you listen to, what you think about, what you talk about. Abraham was strong in faith. We're going to see that next verse. But he couldn't have been strong in faith if he had just kept thinking about how old he was. And how old Sarah was. And how she couldn't conceive when she was 20. If he had thought about that and talked about that and focused on that, he would have been weak in faith. And so it's entirely within our control whether we're weak in faith or strong in faith because it's our choice what we look at, what we think about. Focus on the wrong thing, your faith will be weak. Focus on the right thing, you'll be strong. Hallelujah. Faith needs to be fed. Fear needs to be starved. Right? If something bothers you, you know, it's kind of like hee-haw. Anybody remember, who was it? Archie, who was the doctor? You know? And he'd come in and he'd say, Doc, it hurts when I do that. He'd say, well, don't do that. If you say it, it bothers me when I hear that and look at that and talk about that. Well, quit looking at that. Quit talking about that. Quit thinking about it. Now, we're not saying it doesn't exist. We're saying it's not going to help you. If you've got to have $100,000 by the end of next month and you've got no idea where it might come from, it's not going to help you to lose sleep, pace the floor, pull your hair. Keep lamenting about how much you owe and where in the world am I going to get it? And I just don't know. Is that going to help you? Is that going to make any money come in? No. It will keep the money away from you. It will actually shut the door to the Lord's access to your life. He responds not to needs but to faith. He's able to respond and get involved in your life not according to your desperation. Not according to your begging, but according to faith. He requires of us faith. How does faith come? By hearing hearing what? Not just hearing anything. By hearing the anointed word. Hearing what he has said. It's not going to help me to talk about how much I hurt. Or how bad the report came back. That's not going to help you. That's not going to put you any closer to being whole and strong. But if you keep meditating on he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. 
By his stripes. I am healed. With long life. He'll satisfy me. And show me his salvation. If you consider that. Instead of the problems and lack. Your faith will grow strong. Let's look at it again. Verse 19. Being not weak in faith. He what? Considered not. You got to make a decision. I'm not looking at that. And sometimes you have to get straight with people. Because they just insist on talking the problem. And they won't hush. And they keep bringing it up. And they don't realize the enemy is inspiring them to bring it up. And they don't realize that. Sometimes you have to be real strong and say, no, no. And I said, well, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, but how do you feel? Don't give me that faith talk. Now, how you really feel? I don't need to be talking about how I feel. That's not going to help me get healed. (laughs) Quit asking me how I feel. I'm healed. I call my body healed. I believe I receive. Well, didn't, how do you feel? It didn't say I, I'm, I'm to feel healed. I believe I received my healing. You don't look healed. Didn't say I had to look healed. I believe I re- if I looked and felt healed, I wouldn't need to believe that I received my healing. Right? I believe I received my healing. It's not complicated. It's just the enemy tries to make it so. He considered not his own body now dead when he's about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. When he'd see her, he'd be tempted to think, well, now you're crazy thinking y'all going to have a child. She couldn't conceive when she was 20. He refused to look at that. He refused to think about that. He only meditated on what God told him. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able also to perform. He made a choice and he said, if God said it, that's how it's going to be. Right? He went ahead and accepted the name change, started calling himself the father of many nations Sarah's name changed, began to get ready, expecting that new baby. I'm sure everybody in the natural could have laughed at him. Of course, you know, nobody laughed in his face around there because he's the richest man around. He controls half of the stuff around there. But who knows that the snickering that was going on, can you imagine? This, you know, old, old guy and his old, old wife. And they go, sure, they're going to have a baby. But they did. I said, but they did. Isaac was born. And there was laughing and rejoicing and thanksgiving going on around there. How did it happen? It happened by the power of God. But it was received by faith. And the faith had to do with Abraham and Sarah's choice. As to what they looked at. What they listened to. Now for the last uh, couple of weeks that we've been on this. We've been talking about great faith. The master, Jesus, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that he referred sometimes to people that they had no faith. And there are other times he referred to people that they had little faith. But there are a couple of times that he referred to individuals that their faith was great. It's the word megas. It means big faith. Hallelujah. You want little faith? 
or no faith or <laughs> big faith. Big faith. Is it possible to have big faith? And so he referred to the centurion that his faith was great. And he referred to the Syrophoenician woman or Greek woman that her faith was great. And we learned some very significant things. Now, if you weren't with us, let me encourage you, go get the, um, the previous messages. Won't cost you anything. And get caught up with us because there's some mind renewal that needs to happen. Uh, some folks know the definitions of faith, technically what faith is, a little bit about confession and that kind of thing. But it's not just knowing the technicalities of faith that causes you to see amazing results. You've got to get a hold of the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. Because there are so many things that you're not going to understand, but if you just follow him, he'll get you to the right place. But we saw with the centurion, we saw with both of these cases, these are not individuals you would have expected to have great faith. They're not, it's not a rabbi, it's not a faithful synagogue goer. I mean, these are a Greek woman who likely knew nothing about God, a centurion, he's a soldier, a Roman soldier. Who actually, what does he know about God, about the word? But you'll find that it's that way. That in many times places you would expect to see strong faith, you won't find it. And you'll find strong faith in places you wouldn't have thought. You'll be surprised. You'll think, wow. And basically that's what Jesus said. He turned around and said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country. Now what did we see that constitutes great faith? How did the centurion... Get to the place where he had great faith. Well, we saw that he came and humbled himself before Jesus. He was their occupying force. He could have had Jesus dragged in front of him. Uh, Maybe he thought he could, you know. (laughs) Or, Or he could have come demanding, but he came asking and requesting and supplicating. And he didn't require to see anything or feel anything. He said, I'm a man who understands following orders. Under authority, I got people under me. And he's acknowledging, you have the authority. And if you would just give the order, just give the command, my servant will be healed. And that's when Jesus turned around and said, I hadn't seen faith like this. Faith, great faith, is Exhibited, demonstrated by humility, by submission, and by obedience. He's ready to follow this order without understanding and without seeing, without feeling, without getting any reports. This is faith, and it's strong faith. How many think if a centurion... With who knows, maybe no knowledge of the word, except what he heard about Jesus in the community, could have faith. Why couldn't we, born again, spirit-filled people, with the name of Jesus and the word of God, with the New Testament in our hands? Why can't we have faith like this? Why do we have to see everything and feel everything or we won't believe? See, that's the way Thomas was. 
You know, when Jesus was raised from the dead and they told the disciples, the, the women told the disciples, we've seen him, we've seen him. And Thomas spoke right up and said, unless I can touch him, unless I can feel him, I won't believe. That's a willful choice. And you'll see that unbelief is tied to rebellion. If great faith is tied to submission, can you see it? Unbelief is tied to rebellion. One of the biggest reasons why people fear and rebel and disobey is because they don't believe. They don't trust. It takes faith to put the outcome of your situation into his hands, into another's hands, and not take it into your own hands. It takes faith to obey him. And do exactly what he said. When your flesh is screaming at you. You need to do something else. You need to do this. You better do that. You need to do this. Faith is obedient. Faith is humble. Faith is submissive. Look in Matthew if you would. Thanks be to God. Matthew the 11th chapter. I want to go over this again. I believe we're getting mind renewal right now. Right now. Like Brother Shambach used to say, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. (laughs) With enough faith in God, my brother and my sister, you can come out of anything. You can come through anything. You can receive anything you need. You can overcome anything. It's the truth. It's the truth. But it's also true that the faith of many believers is very low. Very weak. You don't find strong faith on every corner. People imagine that you do, but you don't. In fact, the scripture said, when Jesus returns, shall he find faith? So it's not... As common as people like to imagine. People say, well, we we all have faith. Actually, that ain't true. (laughs) And it depends on what you're talking about. You may have faith that Jesus is real, but that don't mean you have any faith to be healed. Or faith to get your bills paid. You may have faith that you're saved when you die. But that don't mean you have faith in every other area. Faith must be developed in each area. And uh, the centurion had great faith. We see it evidenced by him showing the master great honor. Said out loud, great faith faith is connected to great honor. We also see he was ready to submit to and obey what Jesus said. Wasn't he? Just give the command. Just give the is he ready to do it? To obey. And so great faith is connected to full submission and obedience. Now, a lot of times people haven't thought that way. In their mind, you just listen to the word, you make confessions, and that's great faith. No, there's more to it than that. Great faith is connected to great honor. Great faith is connected to submission. 
That's an unpopular word in our generation. (laughs) Submission or yieldedness and obedience. Also an unpopular word. (laughs) The Syrophoenician woman, you remember her, she came and besought Jesus, and we've already covered this, for her daughter. And Jesus didn't even answer to begin with, but she kept on following them. And the disciples said, please send her away. And she didn't get offended and leave. She kept following. Jesus said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, she could have got offended. You know, he said, I'm not sent to your kind. Your people. How many people, how many folks, that would have been the end of it. But they would have been up. They would have been huffing and puffing. Right? (laughs) And, And she kept going lower. She bowed down in front of him and said, please help me, Lord. Can you see real faith is humility. Real faith is submission. Can you see this? He said it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, how many other folks would have been out of there at that point? (laughs) They would have said, dog, dog, who are you calling dogs, preacher? And they'd have got up and give him a piece of their mind, just like they could afford it, <laughs> and, uh, and told him off and had their say and left without. Because doing that, you getting mad, you getting upset, you jumping up, you quitting, you leaving, proves you don't believe. Are you with me? It proves you don't believe. Why did she keep on staying there? Because she believes he can fix this. She believes it. And she must believe there is compassion in him. Right? She must not believe that he's just hard and uncaring or she would have just left. The enemy is always trying to lie to you about God. Always trying to to convince you that God is not faithful to you. He doesn't care. He's not really there. Is he even real? Always trying to lie to you. And if you give up, if you quit, it shows you don't believe. But if you believe, (laughs) you won't quit. Why did the centurion show such respect? Because he believes. In the greatness of who he's talking to. Why is he ready to submit and obey? Because he trusts him. He'll do what he tells him. Because he believes in him. Come on, can you see this? This Syrophoenician woman. Why? She just keep on keeping on? Because she believes the answer is here. The answer is, ain't no need me going back home. Ain't no answer there. I don't have, everywhere else I've looked, there's no answer. She has become convinced, even though she's not a Jewish proselyte, she's not a synagogue goer, she can't quote the word, the law. She heard about Jesus and his compassion and his healing and his deliverance. And she believes it. And so they're going to have to beat her off. They're going to have to drag her away because she is convinced. She is fully persuaded. So she just won't quit. Why'd she keep on? Great faith is connected to great humility. Great faith is also connected to persistence. 
great persistence. You won't quit because you believe it's there. You're convinced that it is there. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why would you honor him like the centurion? Because you believe in his greatness. Why would you humble yourself and be willing to submit to him and obey him? Because you trust in his love and his power. You trust it. Why would you persist and never give up? Because you trust in his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I believe in his greatness. I trust in his love and power. And I trust in his faithfulness to me. If you do, it'll affect the way you live. It'll affect, you know, what you say and do and don't do. In Matthew 11, are you still there? Matthew 11:28, I believe it is. We see Jesus speaking about this. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Lord. Boy, there's revelation here today. Look at this in the Amplified. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Don't know if you remember this, but several weeks back, we talked, you know, the Lord had us go back over Matthew 6. And talked about take no thought. If you weren't here. Would you recommend they get it? It's important. And we see. That you can tell. Where you cross the line. From just being. Responsible. To deal with things in your life. You cross the line. Into fear and unbelief. The way you can tell it. Is when it starts tormenting you. Vexing you. Because fear has torment. First John says. So if you are vexed. If you are tormented. What do we know is going on? You've been there. I've been there. I don't care what it's over. If it's over health or children or marriage or finances. Whatever it is. It's vexing you. It's tormenting you. What do we know? You're not in faith. And being not in faith, there's no reason for you to expect God to do things about it. This is a bad place to be. You've got to get out of the fear and get in to some faith. And we which have believed do enter into rest, Hebrews tells us, chapters 3 and chapters 4. We which believe enter into rest. How can you rest when you got stuff going on? Because you trust in Him. You do what He tells you to do. You cast the care of it over on Him. You breathe a sigh of relief. And you rest in Him. Hallelujah. When you're doing that, you can expect Him to do things. 
Notice what Jesus said. Go back to this. Then read it with that in mind. Verse 28 amplified. Come unto me all ye who are what? Laboring. Heavy loaded. Overburdened. And I'll what? Didn't say. You know I'll remind you. That that's your load to bear. (laughs) I will cause you. To rest. Now notice verse 29. Take my yoke. Upon you. And learn of me. For I am gentle. Meek. Humble. Lowly in heart. And you'll find rest. What's that got to do with rest? What does humility. Have to do with rest? Everything. Because humility is connected to faith. Can you see it friends? I don't know how much you know about Phyllis and my ministry. But for 30 some years. The Lord's had me. Had us emphasize faith. But also humility and submission. And those things. And I thought they were different areas. Until recently. (laughs) And I see they are the same. They are the same. You can't talk about faith. Without talking about the other. If you're talking about real faith. Real faith. Is submission to God. Real faith. Is obedience to God. Real faith. Is humbling yourself. And who gets the grace? The humble. So. Notice what he's saying. How are you going to find rest? Put that back up again, please. Verse 29. You'll find rest, relief, ease, refreshment for your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is wholesome and my burden is light and easy to be borne. If you're doing what the Lord told you to do, it's not vexing and tormenting. Now, if you listen to the enemy, he will make you his pack mule. He will load you till your belly rubs the ground. (laughs) Until you fall underneath the weight of it. And he will kick you and say, get up, get up, do more. And he will tell you it's God telling you this. And it's a lie. I said, it's a lie. Somebody said out loud, his yoke yoke is easy. easy. His burden burden is light. light. It's a light load. It's an easy yoke. Why? Well, who's in the yoke with you? When a Shetland pony is in the yoke with a Clydesdale. (laughs) It's an easy job for the Shetland pony. (laughs) and he gets to feel so wonderful about it too they got this giant load behind them and the driver says giddy up and he goes "Mm," and that thing moves (laughs) he thinks he's mighty mouse they're moving this giant load and it's easy they're moving there they're hauling this giant load and it's light but don't forget who's next door right over here to you. <laughs> this massive 
Clydesdale. How many know God's bigger than a Clydesdale? That's who you are yoked with. That's who you're joined together with. And when we're doing what he told us to be doing. Yeah, there's some effort on our part. But it's easy. And it's light. Because of his grace. And because of his help. And because of his goodness. And if you're vexed. And if you're tormented. And if it's crushing you. If it's breaking you. It's not God's yoke. It's not God's burden. You've let the enemy deceive you. You've let him put some stuff on you. That you should have cast the care of over on the Lord. And what do you got to do? Jesus said learn about me. I'm humble. Meek. The one who demonstrated the greatest faith. The master. Was also the meekest. Also the humblest. Some of the greatest demonstrations of faith. You'll see in the garden. You will see at the cross. In the garden. Uh, the master told them he said don't you know I can call on the father right now and he will give me legions of angels he was not a helpless victim he knew he could speak faith He could call on the Father and that place would be shaken and he'd be instantly delivered. But like a sheep led to the slaughter, he didn't open his mouth. He refused to open his mouth because he knew if he did, it'd save him, but it'd lose you. And he was willing to sacrifice himself to save you. And to save me. Somebody say thank you master. Thank you master. Thank you Lord. How could he do it? Well we're touching some big things here. Can you tell? In Luke 23. Go there. Luke 23 46. At the cross. Jesus cried out. With a loud voice. And what did he say? Father. Into your hands. I commend, we'd say commit. This is a quote from the Psalms as well. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost or the spirit. His spirit left his body. This is faith. Jesus is my hero. How about you? You talk about faith. What are we talking about? In the garden, you see the the preliminary part of this. This has been going on for, I don't know, months at least. You remember Moses and Elijah talked to him. (laughs) And among other things, they talked about what was going to happen at the cross. And after that. And he knew going in. That's why in the garden he knew it's time. He's there. And he said, Father, all things are possible with you. And if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. What cup? We really have no idea. We know a little bit about the pain of being scourged and and beaten. We know a little bit about the pain of being nailed to the cross But that wasn't the big thing. 
As awful as that is, that was not the big thing. The big thing was his sinless, spotless being was made sin. And the judgment of the Father was to fall on him. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We have, you know what your sin has done to you. What if all the sins of all the people in this room came on you? How about all the sins of the country? We have no idea. All the sins, him who hated sin, who had never sinned, spotless, the spotless lamb. All the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, converged on his sinless, spotless being. And he received it. He could have been delivered like that. He could have just spoke up. And he would have, he, it would have stopped. But what did he come back to? Father, everything's possible with you. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What did he come back to? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That takes faith. Great faith. He let them scourge him. He let them nail him to the cross. He let the sins of mankind come on him. He let the diseases foul Disgusting stuff. Come, he let it come on him. Yeah. Trusting. He let his spirit slip away. He let death come on him. Yeah. How many understand? This is contrary to the Son of God. Death? He let it come. Why? Trusting. Trusting his Father. Somebody say trusting. His last breath. What did he say? Come on look at it again. Luke 23, 46. Jesus cried with a loud voice. What did he say? Father. Into your hands. I commit my spirit. Is this humility? Is this submission? Is this obedience? Is this faith? This is faith. And instead of struggling, instead of fighting, instead of yelling at the soldiers and yelling at other people, instead of demanding your rights and and declaring your innocence and, and demanding and requiring justice. See, when you don't have faith, you try to fend for yourself. If you're not sure that somebody else is going to take care of it, you, you can't be still. You can't let it go. He showed total trust in the Father. Didn't he? Let death come on him. He died in faith. Hallelujah. Showing you and I how to do it. Did none of it for himself. He did it for us. Did it for you. Did it for me. But also showing us how to live. Somebody say the just. Shall live by faith. What is a life of faith? 
It's a life of honor, honoring God and His Word. It's a life of submission and humility. It's a life of obedience. It's a life of trust. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That's how you can cast all of your care over on Him. That's how you can be confident. You can face death. Some people say, well, you know, what if I die? What if I die? What if I die? Honey, if the Lord tears is coming just that much longer, you're going to die. You're going to die. Thousands of people die all around us every day on this planet. Scores of thousands are leaving here. If you could back off in orbit around the earth and you could see in the spirit, there are people leaving here by the thousands right now. Millions over the period of a year. What is it? Some 50 million or so. And so in a few more days, you'll be out of here too. What if I die in faith? What if I die? Honey, you don't want to die any other way than in faith. Jesus died in faith. Stephen's a good example. He looked up. There's stone in him. You remember that? He looked up. He said, Father, don't lay this sin to their charge. They got enough trouble with that. <laughs> and he slipped out of his body. You die in faith. And even if you weren't getting it all right, if you missed some things or failed to receive some things, as soon as you slip out of this body and you go to see Jesus, the first time you see him, you want to be able to say, Lord, I was doing everything I knew to believe for that. He'll say, I know, baby. I know. Come here. Come here. And, and for the, the next several years, you're going to go, oh, oh, no wonder, oh, I see another day or two will pass and you'll go, oh, we know in part so much we don't see and know and understand down here, but you don't have to understand to trust. You don't have to see it to believe it. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I trust him. I trust him. Lord, I trust you. Hallelujah. In fact, stand up on your feet right now. Just lift your hands. Tell the Lord how much you trust him. Let him hear it out of your own mouth. Say it out loud. Father God, I trust you. I trust you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.